passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This, this is probably also not going to happen and I don't think should happen, but um, I mean, is there any chance you, you think that they drop Bertuzzi? Like I like keep the third line with Hall the way it was before it, before Hall got hurt and you see Bertuzzi go into a fourth line role. I personally don't think of him as a fourth line player. Um, he's, his skill set is different than a fourth line player, but um, just a thought. Yeah, I don't really see him as a fourth liner. I think he's somewhere in the top nine. Um, you know, he's like he definitely has like a grinder mentality for sure, and like he can play that way. But he's not he's not super physical in terms of like body checking, um, which is a big part of that fourth line, especially on the wings. And while I think you know he'll work defensively, I don't think he's a great defensive forward and that's kind of another key to that fourth line is like Montgomery is going to give them a lot of tough shifts a lot of d-zone starts d-zone face-offs um you know opponents top lines uh protecting leads like all of that and I'm not sure that that doesn't that isn't really like the best way to use utilize Tyler Bertuzzi I, I don't think and I have a question before you leave Brian do you think that in the playoffs Montgomery should or will be rotating guys out on the fourth line. Um, I think, I think he will. I think it's, I think it could be inevitable that there, there might be some times where you're down in the series and you might need some, um, you know, some momentum changes and maybe, I mean, if everybody's healthy, you know, maybe, maybe uh, like, I think, like I think Garnet Hathaway is probably going to stay in that fourth line if he's healthy. I think Felina would too. Um, but like maybe if the Bruins are down a couple games in the series, I know Scott mentioned like no six, 
intangibles he does really well, but maybe if the Bruins just need a line to go out there, just bang bodies for 60 minutes. I mean, maybe you do like a hat the way Felino at center and like a, uh, and like a Greer or something. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I'm the fourth line. I'm less, I'm less sure about then, or I'm more sure about the fourth line kind of staying attack. I'm curious if he's going to, how, how quick his trigger is going to be on the, in the top nine forwards in a playoff series. Like if, if the, if the check line goes quiet for a while, um, or if, the combination of Bergeron, Marchand, insert DeBrusque or Bertuzzi goes quiet. Do they like try to get past that to get those guys going? I, I don't know. I, that's what's going to be interesting to me because 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 Montgomery's he's tinkered with those top nine lines all year long, and he has even more toys to play with now when this team's healthier. So I'm 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 curious to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think I think he'll be pretty quick on the trigger, just like he's been all year. Like I think if he doesn't like how things look, is his approach isn't going to change. He's not going to, he hasn't waited it out in the regular season. He's changed things up in game period to period. Um, And I think he'll do that in the playoffs too. Um, You know, and part of why he has moved guys around so much this year and tried everything is for situations like that. So that when you get into a playoff series, a playoff game and you move things around, guys aren't like, Oh crap! I haven't played with this guy in you know five months. Like, what are the things he likes to do again? No, like they're just gonna know because they've all played together at some point. Um, Brian, Brian just had to jump off. Bridget, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to get to. I had one thought on on defense that I want to okay, get to. Okay, yeah, there. yeah, go ahead. Um, so obviously, so we mentioned that Lindholm uh, sat Sunday. So Grizzlick was in and he was back with McAvoy in the top pairing. He had started Saturday's game on the third pairing with Connor Clifton and Montgomery pretty quickly went away from that. Like by the half midway point of the first period, it was Grizzlick up with McAvoy and Orlov was with Clifton. And I think there's kind of like two things at play here. One we discussed on, on Sunday skate, which is, I just don't think Grizzlick's really carved, cut out for like a third pairing role right now because he just hasn't done that this season. And it is like a more defensive role than uh, what he's been used to playing with McAvoy in the top pairing. The flip side of this is that I think on Sunday, you saw the value of the Grizzlick McAvoy pairing. Um, Jim Montgomery rode them a lot during that comeback bid, and they were very effective. A lot of the Bruins' best shifts during that comeback came with Grizzlick and McAvoy on the ice in the offensive zone, moving around, having that five-man unit, having that rotation going. Um, they When they were on the ice, the Bruins out-attempted the Red Wings 20-8 to eight at five-on-five five and outscored them 2 nothing. Like, that was – their play together was a big part of the Bruins, you know, on near comeback. Um, big part of why they even had any any chance – and yes, a lot of that was McAvoy individually, who I thought had another phenomenal game. Um, so I don't want to act like it's like all oh, Grizzlick or anything. McAvoy was great and was throwing everything at the net and was very active. But I think part of that is that he is very comfortable playing like that when he's with Grizzlick because they've done it before. And he knows that Grizzlick's gonna, going to A, provide a little cover for him and be also be involved and be a passing outlet. Um, it's not to say that like Dmitry Orlov or, or Hampus Lindholm can't do that because they can, 
but McAvoy does have that comfort level with Grizzlick. And I think, you know, Grizzlick ended up over 20 minutes. He was third among their defensemen in ice time today. And I think you, you know, there's going to be a point in the playoffs where the Bruins are down by a goal or two and need a goal. And like that Grizzlick McAvoy pairing is one that, you know, Bruce Cassidy liked turning to in that kind of situation. And I think Jim Montgomery does as well. So I don't know if that alone is enough to keep Grizzly in the lineup. Like ideally you just don't fall behind and you don't have to come back, but you did kind of, you did see that value that Grizzly still has um, in a situation like that. Yeah. I mean, he got the goal. So that was, that provided life um, in what was, you know, hopefully for them going to be a comeback. Uh, But it kind of felt like, an F you <laughs> to everyone that was um, saying, oh, Grizzlick's the odd man out, Grizzlick's the odd man out. Um, I still, in a playoff series, would rather have – well, first of all, I don't like – I've said this already. I don't like um, the Grizzlick-Lifton pair. I don't like Forbert-Grizzlick as a pair. So it, it's kind of hard to find a place where he fits in if you want to have Orlov up with McAvoy. Um, it feels like one of two things either has to be with McAvoy up on that top pair or um, matchup dependent. He doesn't really fit there on that third line. Like you're playing a bigger team or, you know, you need to shut down D pair that's for Brooke Clifton. Um, so you're not, you're not looking at, at changing that out. Um, it's, it's tough. He's a good player. Um, that's not, that's not even part of the, the question. It's more of a, a conversation about fit, um, and matchup and need. Um, and like you said before, redundancy of skills and, and different things like that. So one last thing, um, well, actually college hockey, crazy slate of games this weekend some overtime games um i broadcast the umass little yukon game that did not go to overtime but it got interesting at the end um before we get to that one last thought on the bruins hey, though yukon just like totally dominated that game and yet lowell just hung on like what what were shots were like 40 to 18 or something like yeah well what happened was umass little killed them in the first period and that was it they had both their goals in the first period and then the rest of the game UConn just outshot them so much, outplayed them. But when you have a really good goalie and you get a two-goal lead, you can hold on to it. And Griggles is a really good goalie. So um, he kept them in that. And he even that goal that he gave up was like might – like it wasn't goalie interference, but it was like halfway kind of might have been goalie interference. It didn't get called. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you have a good goalie, you're a dangerous playoff team. Everybody knows that. So um, UMass Lowell has a, has a really good goalie. Um, best goalie in Hockey East is out, <laughs> Devin Levi. And I was telling Scott. Who, who could be signing with the Buffalo Sabres pretty soon. Yeah, I was just going to say, this is one of my favorite times of year because all these guys, like, I'm wondering whether or not um, Cutter Gauthier will go to the Flyers. Like, you're seeing these draft picks that their seasons are over. And now they're going to start popping up on rosters. I mean, the Bruins have a few guys that they're, they are not in need of on Boston right now, but could potentially sign to Providence. They had three guys on Boston College, and now they're out. Um, I don't know, there, there's all sorts of players all around Hockey East that are on teams that are no longer um, in the hunt, and they're also not going to make the NCAA tournament. So 
kind of excited. I, I like to see like the worlds collide because we're always covering the NHL on here, but then my other job is all college. So I like to see when, when those worlds collide and, and see how they fit in with their teams. Cause I've spent the whole year going, Oh, this guy, the Detroit Red Wings prospect and this guy, the Bruins prospect. And now they're, they're hopefully we're going to see some pop up. Yeah. And you know, Bruins are always active in the college free agent market. And with so many draft picks having been traded away, that's going to continue to be an important way for them to add depth to their, to their prospect pool. And, you know, they've added some pretty good ones in recent years. Like Mark McLaughlin is, you know, a pretty good prospect with potentially an NHL future that Merkelov, right? Yep. Georgie Merkelov, who's now one of their top prospects and has just been tearing up the AHL. Um, by the way, the, I was talking to Mark Diver before I think it was Thursday night's game um, against Edmonton. And he was saying like, you know, if Bergeron and or Krejci are sitting a couple games, like he wouldn't be stunned if they gave Merkulov a shot. You know, I realize he's, he's probably a little further down the depth charges because I, I don't know if the Bruins think like he'd be a playoff contributor this year. And they're probably more likely to call up the guys that they think are, you know, Hey, if we have to plug them in for a playoff game, like, we think they, you know, could hold their head above water and that'd be a tough spot to throw Merkulov into, but he might, he might get a look at some point down the stretch here. Um, Brandon Bussey is now, you know, with Swayman graduating from prospect status, Brandon Bussey's their top goalie prospect. He was a college free agent signing. So um, yeah, watching who, what the Bruins do in that space will, will be interesting as well. Yeah. Just a heads up to, you know, our listeners that maybe are more, NHL centric. Um, we'll keep we'll keep you posted on all that prospect stuff. Um, you know, maybe they signed Kuntar to Providence. We we don't know um who they drafted. Um, one last thing, unless you have another college hockey thought. Um, <laughs> but I uh, I was gonna say I'm I'm this is just me being worried about what the conversation is gonna be like on talk radio tomorrow. Because we're giving analysis of, you know, don't panic, here's the silver lining. But we all know what our counterparts like to do when a team that's number one in the league all of a sudden has two or three games in a row that they don't look perfect and they don't look good. And it's just going to be overreaction city tomorrow on the radio, I think, because I... I already looked in the group chat (laughs) for the afternoon show and I saw a text that said that Megan said, do the Bruins suck again? And that is definitely going to be the talking point on on talk radio tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think any of us are panicking. I mean, look, talk radio is talk radio. Like that's, that's what (laughs) they've got to do. Like they've got to get people riled up and, you know, I will say it's, for their for what they do like it's not the worst an idea worst idea in the world to you know have some concern and and like kind of harp on that because it can also go the other way where it does start to pile up you know the celtics recently went through a stretch where at first i was just you know a couple games around the all-star break they're a little off and then it sort of piled up and all of a sudden they lose the top seed to the bucks and the bucks have kind of started to pull away from them and you know now it's like um, maybe some of those concerns with the Celtics are, are actually like a little bit real. So, you know, the Bruins aren't in danger of losing the top seed or anything, but if what we saw, you know, these last three games, like if that piles up for another 
week, week and a half, you know, for four or five more games, then it becomes a real concern. And then, you know, if you were on the bandwagon early of kind of pounding that drum, then you get to pump your chest and, you know, say that, say that you were right. So all the, I told you so's in the world, but, yeah, um, so. but those people have been wrong the whole season. So go ahead, try it, go ahead, have fun. <laughs> Bruins suck now, whatever. I can't wait uh, for all those takes tomorrow. And I understand why they do it, but <laughs> we're, we're never overreacting that way. Um, anyhow, I'm just thinking about what my shift's going to be like tomorrow. <laughs> That's why that's yeah, that's why we're here. Like if if you're listening to the talk shows, that's great. Like, you know, hey, look, I I work for WEI, so you know, I I want people to listen. Uh and then tune into the skate pod as the counterbalance and you know, get, get a get, get a more get a more measured take. So. Yeah, you'll get two different perspectives, I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's good. We already lost Brian. He's going to dinner. R.I.P. Well, he's not dead, but Uh. (laughs) anyway, I'm going to go get dinner too. All right. You good, Scott? All good. Yep. All right. Well, what's the next game? Let's, let's just see here. Uh, Tuesday. Next recording. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I'll be with you guys a few more times before I hit the beach. Yeah. Bridget has big vacation coming up. (laughs) As soon as I finish hockey season, like as soon as I get off the air for my last college hockey broadcast this year. I booked a vacation for eight days from now. So I'm out. I'll be podcasting from the Bahamas in a week. So anyway, I'll try to find time for you guys in between. Sure. My, I'll try not well, to drink too many margaritas before. I mean, look, I, I, I can't complain. Like if, if you just blow us off and you're like, nah, like I'm chilling on the beach because I, I was not jumping on the podcast when I was over in Scotland. So, uh, yes, no, you were and, not. and there was some pretty big news, you know, I think a couple guys yeah. named Patrice and David, uh, signed one year. And Pavel Zaka. And yeah. Pavel Zaka. <laughs> Zaka trade. So yeah, Scott, I, you, I get you it. I get over it. here in the U S typing <laughs> up three stories a day. Like what the hell Scott did this on purpose. He left <laughs> and now I have to write all these articles and then I'm, yeah, I'm having Bradford like, edit them and i don't know it was it was a busy time for me because i even then i went and covered the red Sox those days too so scott you hung me out to dry yeah. um i'm gonna do the same thing to you guys next week <laughs> you, you 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 get one everyone okay. gets one all right good all right well that is gonna do it for us um we will record after tuesday's game and we'll talk to you then presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.